On this episode of One Team, One Podcast, we will go into more NFL draft discussion as we are just a few days from one of the most eagerly anticipated drafts ever. We will switch gears and talk about the strong-ass recruiting class that Will Wade is bringing in. And we have another LSU Rewind this week that is sure to bring back some emotions. It's episode five of One Team, One Podcast, and it starts... Okay, let's go ahead and get started on One Team, One Podcast. How you doing, Jack? I'm all right. Good. Hey, I um, want to give a quick shout out. We uh, just played a new intro song. Um, we got a request from Brandon Lejeune, and I uh, wanted to give him a shout out as well. Hey, um, he works at Courtesy GMC in Lafayette. If you guys uh, need anything, he's got some great deals out there right now. So hit him up. Uh, he's he can get either get on his Facebook. They'll even deliver cars to you guys right now too. So I believe he said zero percent interest for eighty four months, which got me thinking. <laughs> so uh, give him a shout out, and uh, hopefully he'll sponsor the podcast. I don't know if they I don't know if they'll do that or not, but uh, we're. We're just gonna we're gonna we're gonna ask, right? Yeah, of course. I mean, I, I just ask for the money. I think that's yeah. uh, that's rule number one is always ask for the money. I think that's a pretty strong ass offer. So, Brandon, I uh, want to give you a shout out. So, I hope you like the song uh, that we introed with, and uh, we got a lot to talk about today. Um, we got the NFL draft coming up, and I'm telling you, I am I have never been this excited. So pumped! <laughs> I got I, I'm having friends over. Uh, we're going to stay six feet apart and we're going to watch a draft. Okay. That sounds good. Um, I don't know if I'm going to have anybody over, but, um, I am very, very much excited. And I think it's, we just need something to happen. Um, we need some kind of sports. We need something. And I, that, this has got to be the highest ratings they're ever going to have Yeah, for the draft. Yeah. Cause I mean, no one's had anything to watch for a month. Yeah. And I'm very interested to see all the logistics behind this. Um, yeah, I think there were, I think this whole week there were been, uh, testing things out with, with the general managers and teams and making sure everybody's like understands the process. Um, it's kind of, it's, it's kind of weird. It's almost makes you feel like uh national signing day when they, they do faxes and it's yeah. like, everybody's got to figure this out now. Well, it's the same thing. They got to probably do zoom calls. I'm assuming, I'm assuming that was the, uh, right. Yeah. What they were talking about doing, but it, I'm just going to be – I love weirdness, and I think this is going to be very weird. For sure. But it's going to – This is going to be one of those drafts that people look back on a lot. Oh, absolutely. Like, oh, yeah. Maybe not remember, for the players, but the, just because the, of how weird it was. The COVID draft? Yeah, the that's COVID a, draft. This, that's what this is. <laughs> so, uh, Joey B is going to have his big day. Um, it's kind of it, – I wonder if he's, like, disappointed that he won't be in Las Vegas – on like on on the boat, yeah, coming to the to the podium. I wonder if he's like super disappointed that he's this moment's not going to happen. But I feel like he doesn't care about anything, you know. Sometimes, yeah, except for football. I know. I, I feel like he just everything is goes like off he, his shoulder. A little he can bit. shrug everything off so easily. Maybe that's why he's so smart um, because he scored a thirty-four on the right. Wonderlick. Yeah. So the Wonderlick means everything. I mean, 
Would would you consider the wonder lick or hand size to be more important for a quarterback? Uh, Unless your hands are like, I'd say they're equal because I don't think either of them are that important. Okay. Um, Tua though. Uh, all right. So I, you say that, but wonder lick not being important. A thirty four is good, uh, obviously. But when you see somebody have such a drastically low number like Tua did. Is that important? It's like, it's just, I feel like the wonder look can matter in some cases, but in other cases, it's like, this is more of an anomaly than anything. Um, and two, actually, uh, I know they released that he got a 13, but he actually, uh, a couple of years ago, he scored a 19 on it. Um, I think his sophomore year. Well, somebody took it for him then. Obviously, if you have that much of a difference, then you're cheating, right? Sure. That's like, he was that's out of Alabama ACT at works. the time. You know, they cheat. <laughs> Yeah, so now he's got a 13. He's out of Alabama, and now he's got a 13 all of a sudden, right? Yeah, explain that. (laughs) Probably had to give his uh, his charger back as well. Um, So, all right, you got Joey Burrow is going to be obviously the number one pick, and there's Mm -hmm. a lot of speculation on the quarterbacks um, coming up. So I don't know if you had any thoughts on, like, what what you think is going to happen. I know there's, like – some trades that everybody's kind of talking about maybe mm-hmm. happening, but yeah, uh, I got a friend Cole Dewey that uh, said shout that, out Cole, shout out to Cole. I don't know who you are, Cole, but go ahead. Yeah, he's he's an <laughs> idiot, but uh, he's he said his theory is that um, is that the Patriots are going to move up, trade with the Lions, and uh, take Tua, which is interesting. Hmm. See, I've heard the thing it's about a total Patriots move. I've seen the Patriots moving up to get Jordan Love. Maybe mid first round. Do they need to move up to get Jordan Love? Well, when when did the Patriots pick? Twenty three. Uh, maybe they could stay stay pat. I don't know. I think you may have to. I think there's going to be. So? Well, I think you're going to have uh, the obvious picks would be Burrow, Tua, uh, Herbert. Um, is there anybody else? Am I missing? No. And then That's it's it. and then it's Love. So those three guys will be gone. Yeah. And then you'll have probably Love looking at mid mid first round so they may have to move up some spots um i just don't understand the the fascination with love yeah the, uh, yeah i'm a little i think he's got good arm strength but like yeah. is he ready i, I mean right when uh i can't remember the coach's name but the guy who left utah state for texas tech right when he left his numbers were shit yeah like just terrible he had 20 touchdowns 17 picks what last remember year right yeah. right he's terrible I mean, I watched him in person when he went to came to LSU. He was terrible. He threw four picks. Oh, terrible is a little strong, huh? He was terrible that day. <laughs> that day he was terrible. Well, he's playing LSU, right? I so, don't think he even had a hundred yards of passing. Yeah, it was pretty bad. I don't see the fascination with him. I, um, I, I mean, I know he was a big prospect. You know, even the year before, like people were talking about him being like you know, top five pick even the year before. So, I don't know. I know him uh, right, cause having this up, year didn't help him at all, obviously. But Was he a senior this year? I don't even know. Uh, I think he was see, a he had, senior. He had 130 yards, three picks against LSU. Yeah. That's the only good team he played this year. And that was when LSU wasn't playing very well. That was week yeah, after but that was what, Vanderbilt dropped uh, 38 Well, yeah, us. but that was also the week – like, we – I don't know. We, we had grew, a bye – we respond very well um, to like, bad. Yeah. well, or like the media talking yeah, about how bad true. your defense was, and then all of a sudden they Although, come back and they. The next week, Kyle Trask came in and 
dropped 300 yards. Yeah, almost. that's true. So, I mean, it's not like we were playing super well right before or after. Speaking of, I saw the uh, LSU-Florida game uh, on TV yesterday, and I was watching some of that, and I was just like, man. I think I had commented to somebody on uh, Facebook about this the other day too. Like, when that game happened, would you have – would you have gone? Would you have thought that this was only going to be maybe the fourth or fifth biggest game that we were going to play all year? Oh, no. <laughs> like looking back on it, that game was huge. Yeah, it was. It was and so fun. It was a fun game, let electric. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, all right. So I had something I wanted to talk about with the draft, which was it was uh, Christian Garrick from um, WWL posted a mock draft. And everybody's got their mock drafts, obviously, right now. But this one caught my attention, and it was because he had the Saints trading up to number 16, Mm -hmm. uh, trading with the Jets. And I was like, oh, interesting. He thinks they're going to trade up. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, I'm assuming I know why they're trading up. But they're trading up to get Clavion Chason. Right. Um, And I was like, wait a second. And it got me thinking, if the Saints traded up to number 16 and took Chason and didn't take Justin Jefferson, how would you feel about this? It's just, I mean, look, I'd be happy that we're getting Caleb on and I'd love getting an LSU player first round, but it doesn't make sense for me to get a, a specifically Caleb on Chason when we have Marcus Davenport who's flashed insane potential yeah and he had mentioned Davenport like it was basically just to to shore up the edge rushing more and that was his thoughts but I was just like but with a first round pick yeah that's strange I if we go edge rusher I'd like to go with that in the third or fourth round and just get like a you know I mean like we got Trey Hendrickson a few years ago in like a third round or something and he's been a really good depth guy like just a guy like that if you want to do that I, I feel like you need somebody that can give you instant. Like, you only got Drew Brees for a year. Right. You need somebody that can give you instant pop. Right. Don't go depth in the first round. That doesn't make sense to me. When I now? agree. And I'm, I, I'm, that's why I thought, I thought this was so interesting because I thought, um, immediately thought that this would be a disappointment. I love Chason, mm-hmm. and I would love to have an LSU player, obviously, for the Saints, but, um, if you were going to trade up and take an LSU player, you got to take Justin Jefferson. I think so. I don't care that Emmanuel it, Sanders is on the team. You've got to take this guy. Right. He's he's going to be a legit yes. uh, pro receiver, and he can give you instant pop. I, I just feel like if you're going to go with the first-round pick, you have to go with a guy who's going to start this year because this is Drew Brees' last I, year. I think that's the case, too. And they're, maybe they're thinking, trying to think long-term, but, I mean, this this is Christian that Garrett just, talking. That just this doesn't isn't, make sense. Um, Why waste Manager, Drew Brees' last year? I, I'm i with you. I don't understand why you would pick anything other than a guy who could – and it could be offense or defense. I don't care, but yeah. they need to start. It, it. These three positions are the only three that make any sense to me. Wide receiver, inside linebacker, corner. To replace Eli, Eli Apple. Well, don't didn't we get um, who was the other corner that we got last year? 
Oh, Janoris Jenkins. Jenkins, right. So yeah, I, I forgot we got Janoris Jenkins. That's okay, right. I take back the corner you, part. You, you, you got Jenkins, yeah. uh, and then oh, you I got, and then you, now you got Malcolm Jenkins at safety. I feel yeah. like your your DBs are good. Okay, I changed my mind on that. Yeah, and I, I mean, I depth, we, we can always take depth, but yeah. um, I don't think there's anybody that's out there that you would be able to pick that could um, that could jump anybody inside yeah. inside linebacker. Obviously, that's going to be a need, but I don't know. I just. It's actually it's funny though because the two guys that are the best at each position that'll be available when we're picking are probably mm-hmm. Justin Jefferson and Patrick Queen. Justin Jefferson might not even be available at twenty four. Right, but at sixteen probably would. Sixteen, yeah. I mean, I think all these guys will be available at sixteen if you if you made yeah. that kind of move. And I think, I think so. he he had said um, in that trade he was giving up the second round pick and then swapping firsts. I don't even know if that would get you what you need to get that to that level. But I love um, thinking about trades and like, who's going to mm-hmm. take what. So in that same mock draft, he had, he had the saints moving up to 16, taking chase on. If they would have stayed put at uh, 23, 24, 24, 24. If they would have stayed put, my memory's bad. I'm 41 years old guys. Mm-hmm. My memory's terrible. Mm-hmm. If they would have stayed put at, at 24, the very next pick in his mock was the Vikings taking T. Higgins from Clemson. And I'm like, well, just stay at 24 right. and take Higgins. Right. Like, does everybody just think that we don't need a wide receiver now? I th- I think I feel like that's what people we are saying. We added Emmanuel Sanders. and people, I get it. And, and, look, I like Emmanuel Sanders a lot, but he is pretty old. Um, He's not washed up like uh, Brandon Marshall was trying to say on first take, but – did you see that? No. <laughs> Brandon Marshall was on first take. They were talking about the Bucks, and he was saying that uh, Brandon. He was Brandon Marshall was saying that the Bucks are a lock to win the division, and they were like, "Well, what about New Orleans?" And he goes, "Man, uh, New Orleans is is uh, their time is up." <laughs> Where is that coming from? Uh, Brandon Marshall's stupid. Just trying head. to get clicks. I He's guess. an idiot. He's an um, idiot. The Bucks if, are a lock. Bucks are a lock. Come on, man. Yeah. No, I think that's dumb. No, I and really I, I think, I mean, in that division, I mean, I think it's the Saints, the Falcons, I don't know. Bucks can, Bucks are going to have a shot to. I could see the Falcons and Bucks beating each other um, yeah. and making it to where there may be like two games back at the Saints. And Saints may be having 11, 12 wins on the year. Yeah, I could see Saints at like 12 and 4, Falcons and Bucks at like 10, 10 and six, 6, 9 and 7. Right. Yeah. And then I think Carolina, like, I. Carolina I, will be like, I think it's going to be and very nine. interesting to see what Carolina looks like this yeah. year. Because I think they're they picked, just, they I just think, paid Kirsten McCaffrey. Oh, I know. Yeah. But, and I'm. Deservedly I'm, so. Yeah, but is it going to, is it going to hurt them long term? Paying I'm not a big fan kind of, of paying running backs like that. Usually it's the case, usually the case is that you end up paying the quarterback that big right, contract. And, the, and the rest of the team gets hurt right. because of it. But in this case, they're paying the running back. Right. Like, well, because their quarterback's Teddy Bridgewater. I know. I, I don't know. I, I'm interested to see what their offense looks like. With Joe, Joe Brady, Brady. Yep. but I think we were like we literally just had this conversation before we even got on the air about um, college and pro quarterback. I mean, coaches, mm-hmm. college and pro coaches. I think the conversation was about Scott Linehan. Oh, speaking of, you had a little Twitter beef. I think that's why we were talking yeah. about that, right? Yeah. Um, what was the Twitter beef this week? Yeah. So Twitter beef. I, I saw someone. It's always Oklahoma fans, man. What is up with They're them? They're loud, man. They're crazy. 
They're insane. I didn't know that until we played them this year. Uh, so this dude was saying that uh, there was a tweet that said, uh, would Jamar Chase be the number one, uh, uh, the first receiver off the board if he was uh, if he was in this year's draft? Okay. And, I mean, you can go back and forth with him and Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs or whatever you want like to do. Like if he was coming out right now and he was eligible? Yeah. Okay. And so this Oklahoma guy – says, uh, no, CeeDee Lamb is better than Jamar Chase. And I was like, no, sir. No, he's no, not. No, sir. Uh, and Justin Jefferson's his, better than CeeDee Lamb, in my opinion. That's my opinion. I agree with that, actually. I think he's a much more polished receiver, at least. CeeDee Lamb has more potential than either of them because he's just so good after the catch. But Yeah, and it, that's not, not taking anything away from CeeDee Lamb. I think CeeDee Lamb's probably a really good player. And I think he's got – he's. He had crazy potential if he uh, if he works on his route running and so catching. and then this got to Linehan because he's a Cowboys fan. This guy, yeah. Well, so I, I was I was saying that uh, he his response to me saying uh, that Jamar's better. Um, he said, "Yeah, well, he didn't put up big numbers against Oklahoma, Jamar mm-hmm. Chase." And I was like, "Yeah, because they were y'all were double teaming him the whole game and." Justin Jefferson was wide open against y'all's shitty DBs, and he caught four touchdowns in the first half with 200 yards. Um, and then he said, oh, well, I thought that uh, good receivers uh, can beat double teams. And it's like, why, why would Joe Burrow throw it to well, a yeah, double-teamed? We, we didn't have to do that. Like, <laughs> our offense was – is, and I'm, I'm, this is why I just keep thinking that Brennan's going to have a good year is because it's so predicated on – creating these matchups to where and I heard um I heard Burrow talking about this maybe it was on the radio and the, the off the bench interview he had uh oh I actually had a week ago. that yeah where he was talking about his favorite play they asked him what his favorite play was and it was some you know some play where he had like five options and he was like so you first <laughs> look at this this option and then if that safety comes down you look at this option and if that guy does this then this guy is wide open over here uh-huh. and it was like yeah, you had all these weapons on the field, and it wasn't like we were just looking for. It's almost like uh, CD Lamb had a play that was for CD Lamb, mm-hmm. where we don't have that necessarily. Right. I'm sure we had some one on one matchups that we were trying to get Jamar Chase on a guy and just go right. downfield and make a crazy play. Yeah. But um, I felt like you had a lot of. You had a lot of plays that were just like, look, if that's if that's covered, then you got this option over here. Right. CeeDee Lamb had the advantage of not having another first-round receiver yeah. right next to him and, and then another guy with first-round potential next well, to that and, guy. And where and where is, where is Moss going to go in this draft? Third or fourth round. Uh, he is pro-ready tight end. Man, uh, the more and more good. I keep watching, like, 2019 games, I just keep pulling them up, and I'm like, man, I would – you know, I know, I know the Saints got Cook right now, but – well, how would that look? Like, if you get like maybe a third round pick and you you take you take Moss uh, yeah. as your tight end. How old is Jared Cook? Is he old? Yeah, he's well, gotta be, he's got to be getting up there. In he's age. in his thirties. I I don't know. Right. I, don't I don't know, know if how it's long. Like thirty five or anything. I think but the tight ends usually last. I don't know. So he looks like, like he's in good shape now. Yeah. He, he's kind of he injury prone. Year. I think that's one of the things that I was always thinking of is we needed another tight end. Just he's got some butterfingers too, which Thad Moss does not. He have. does not. Like every that's one thing about taking an LSU offensive player this year is uh, they're not going to drop the ball. No. Um, yeah, they caught 10,000 balls last oh year. Oh, my gosh. 
I mean, that's I, why I, I, I hope they still do that. You know, I hope they don't take that out of. Yeah, uh, and that, their was that season and was that like stuff. Uh, where did that come from? Did that come from Joe Brady? Did it because uh, obviously everyone said that was Joe Brady. I don't. Uh, that's what everyone said was that that was a Joe Brady thing. Hmm. I mean, Mickey Joseph's the quote unquote wide receiver coach, but well, so was Joe Brady though, wasn't he? Well, he was the passing game coordinator and wide receivers um, coach, right? I'm I'm just hoping that yeah, like you said, that that just continues because. We've had a long we've had a long stretch with wide receivers, talented wide receivers that were dropping balls. Right. Um, they weren't getting a lot of opportunities. And well, we talked about that last week though. Um, with uh, I think we were talking about Trey Quinn, mm. and uh, we were talking about how he dropped a few passes against it was the Alabama, Alabama game where he had the had the slant over the middle that would have yeah. gotten the first down, probably and won the game, won the game, right? And um, he dropped it, right? So we were talking about that, and we were saying like. I, you know, we just didn't throw the ball a lot, so it was so much pressure on these receivers yeah. to catch the ball every time. And we didn't have good quarterbacks, so the balls typically weren't extremely accurate. Yeah, and it, I, I always thought of it as the wide receiver, his mindset being for LSU, that is, the LSU wide receiver. Um, I'm barely ever going to get a, a good ball coming my way. Mm-hmm. So when I do get one, I better make it count because I may not see another pass again yeah. for the rest of the night. Right. And that kind of pressure. I mean, Justin and you're Jeff- seeing and you're seeing like Jarvis Landry dropping balls. You yeah. don't see him do that shit in the NFL. No. Like that. I think that was one of the big differences and why our offense was just really in the Stone Ages. I mean, and Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase in 2018 were dropping passes left and right. Yeah. We I had mean, a huge drop problem in 2018. Hey, look, we got an LSU Rewind coming up where I watched it the other day, and I was like, holy cow, the amount of drops that we had in this game. Yeah. Um, but it's been going on for a long time. Uh, I think that we'll get to that one later, but there was some other reasons why that you just, that happened. But When you throw the ball 40 times a game like we did this year too, you just get into a rhythm. Yeah. You know? Yep. Like I, I was watching uh, – they had the – 2019 Auburn game on CBS Sports the other day. Yeah, I watched it today, actually. And, you know, we didn't have, like, a crazy good offensive game that day. We, I mean, we stalled out you in the know, red zone a couple times. One. It was Auburn, just a strange Auburn game. Auburn played so well. Yeah. Um, I mean, they, they had the blueprint. Not the blueprint, but, you know, they – they they did the best job of slowing us down. It wasn't, yeah, and it no was, one even came close to the, how they you, did. The, they were stopping the run. Um, I mean, you had Derek Brown was just an animal. Yeah, just throwing guys our guys around. Uh, we could have gotten called called for holding probably about five more times that I saw. Yeah, um, ridiculous. They were getting they were getting uh, pressure on Burrow. Not only that, they were also getting to him and putting him on the <laughs> ground, which was. Something that we needed that needed to happen to stop Burrow. You 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 had to you had to get him on the ground uh, mm-hmm. this last year. But the other thing they were doing was felt like they were play, playing like an umbrella coverage and not letting guys get behind them, right? Um, and suffocating kind of like those receivers in like the flats or like the mid mid level area. Um, and there was a couple of times where where Chase got deep on a on a corner. Um, made a play, but yeah. for the most part, you had the defensive line that was able to get to Burrow before that could even get that can even happen. Um, right, and then we still had opportunities. Obviously, we got down to the one yard line, should should have scored something there. Right, and then we um, just yeah, I think they stopped us on fourth down. And then we had another trip to the red zone. Joe yeah. Burrow threw a pick, and it's like so happen. even with all of that, right, like you still should have won by a couple of scores. Yeah, you know, 
And then they also they scored a garbage time touchdown. Yeah. So it should have been it was twenty three to thirteen. They scored a touchdown. Thing could have been like thirty seven to thirteen. And we missed an extra point. Yeah, missed an extra point. Um I think could have been a blowout. Yeah, Stingley dropping a punt. Oh um, yeah. I mean you had a lot of mistakes in that oh, game. I forgot about Stingley. And it was like all those things and, and Auburn still couldn't like right. get us. Well know? what I was gonna say though is that um you know we didn't have a great offensive game that day, but we still threw the ball 40 times, and Joe Burrow still completed over 75% of his passes. Yeah, it was more of like a dink and dunk, it looked like. I think yeah. there was one time where he was like 13 for 15, but he was only he only had like 80 yards. Right. And it was like a little odd, obviously, um, but they were just taking what they could get. Yeah. Um, it was just what Auburn was willing to give up was short stuff. Well, that and, uh, like, if we tried to throw it deep down the field, they had such a good defensive line mm-hmm. that – you know, you just you're Speaking not going to be able man. to. All right, if the Saints had the ability to jump up and grab Derrick Brown, oh, oh my lord! Although we are <laughs> so loaded on the D line, we ain't got nobody like that. I mean, Anyamata's <laughs> a beast. Who? Anyamata? Yeah, he's not Derrick a... Brown. No, no, for sure. But I this mean, guy looks like an all pro. I don't know. We're like we have four dudes that I'm very confident in. I don't know their names, but every time – like, there were so many games where we just have a defensive tackle make a crazy play, and I was like, who the hell All is right, that guy? Here's your question. If the Saints – say at 16, the Jets are there, and the Saints have the possibility to trade in that trade with the Jets that we were just talking about. Yeah. And you got three guys available. You got okay. Chase Song, you got Jordan Jefferson, and you got Derek Brown. Who are you taking? Uh, not Jordan Jefferson. Not Jordan, yes. Yeah, <laughs> I'm 41. I'm 41. That's Wait, the third guy you said was Jordan Derek Brown. Yeah, Ricky Jefferson. Yeah, Ricky no. <laughs> yeah, Derek Brown, Chase on, or Justin Jefferson. No, Derek Brown. Yeah, but Derek Brown's not getting out of the top 10. He had him at 14 on this mock draft. Really? Yeah. I don't know. I don't. I don't see maybe, it either. Maybe he gets out of the top 10. But I'm I don't also know. seeing. Here's another thing. I'm also seeing. I'm also seeing. I'm also seeing. Isaiah Simmons jump around a little bit. I've really? seen I've seen him on one mock draft at like Dude. thirteen, and then I've seen him at another one that's like four. Dude, like if we trade up to like twelve with the Raiders or something like that, and get Isaiah Simmons, I am fired up. That Man, dude's that a stud. Well, um, any other notes you got on the draft uh, that I know we wanted to talk about? I'm, I'm more than anything. I'm just fired up to see something like that live, mm-hmm. um, and the the first round's always exciting, um, especially with crazy trades or like somebody picking somebody that's way out of the, like the Giants picking Daniel Jones. Like yeah. to me, that was like a all timer. Like holy cow, what are you guys doing? All right. Um, turns out to be decent, yeah, obviously, good. but is he the number? Who do they pass up? Like that's what I always like to see is yeah. like who, well, who do these guys pass? The up interesting to take thing these about guys? that to me was that they picked him at six and they had eighteen. And I was like, he would have dropped to eighteen, right? <laughs> I know. And those are the ones where I'm like, I don't, I don't get what's going on. Like you with had these guys. a second chance. You're, they you're really, probably going to get him. Or the, yeah, I know. That's kind of like they must have had somebody. I love it when them. they go back to Mel Kiper and they're like, "What do you think, Mel?" And he's like, "I have no idea what they th- what, mm. are they, what are they doing." <laughs> I could have told him this. I watched. Uh, I actually watched a little clip on YouTube of uh, I think it was the ninety five, ninety six NFL draft. Yeah, and uh, 
Oh, there's some famous Kuiper, ones with Kuiper, Kuiper was just destroying the Colts. Was yeah, it was the Colts. Colts it, picked some quarterback who ended up sucking, and uh, Kuiper was like, "I don't know what they're doing." And they interviewed the and coach they're, and they're, they asked him what about Kuiper, and he was like, like, "Who the hell is Mel Kuiper? Who the hell?" Yeah, right. That was awesome. That's a famous clip. Yeah, I'd never seen so that good. until a couple weeks ago. Um, yeah, so that's what I want to see. I'm ready to see that kind of stuff. Yeah. I and I'll just plant myself and watch oh, that yeah. the whole time. I'll uh, probably be watching Mel Kiper for the next three days. Here's an interesting thing I saw was uh, speaking of Tua um, and with the Wonderlic thing. I think he was he's been a pretty big topic of conversation with the draft for the last couple of weeks. Anyway, with the injuries and all that. Mm-hmm. One of the and I've never thought about this. I don't know why, but one of the interesting comparisons with Tua was Russell Wilson. Yeah, and after some after they said that, I was like, "Holy cow, that's yeah. pretty good." Yeah, like I haven't thought about that. He's not as elusive as Russell Wilson, though. No, I don't think he's going to take off and run for your first downs as much as Wilson will, especially with all his injuries. Yeah, but then I started thinking, okay, uh, not but as a not passer, in, yeah. In twenty eighteen, even with his in, even with his injury, he takes off and runs against LSU, shoes, scores oh, a touchdown, yeah. and pulls away from guys. Yeah, that's when yeah. I was like, okay, this guy's the number one pick at the draft. Yeah. At that um, moment, I was like, this is one of the best teams I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. The Alabama team. Right. That was crazy. And I was like, only if we could get a transfer somewhere, a quarterback that could take us somewhere, you know? <laughs> um, then okay. I started thinking, okay, what's a good comparison for Joe Burrow? And I can't think of anybody off the top of my head that I just think, okay, this is like a guy like Joe Burrow. Um, I, I would point to Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Joe Burrow doesn't have the arm what? strength. I don't, I don't see that at all. I've heard that one too, but I don't see I, it. I actually really like that comparison. Uh, I don't see the the arm talent that, I like, Joe, I, that Pat Mahomes has, but I think Joe Burrow's got everything else. I see like the calm demeanor and all that kind of stuff. I just, I mean, I'm even, I'm really looking for like physical. Like, I don't see who, who's the good comparison to Burrow that is like a a good quarterback that's out there now. Um, yeah, I'd, I I wouldn't be able to tell you one. I know. I. I I don't know why I like to see that, but when it comes to the NFL draft, I kind of like to I, I kind of like to com- combine these a little bit and get a, a comparison. There actually was one. Uh, I was watching the 2007 Super Bowl, uh, and you know the play where Eli Manning he gets out of the the pocket, throws he just it down. throws it up. Yeah. Uh, Plaxico Burris makes the crazy catch. No, it wasn't no, Burris. No, it wasn't Burris. Uh, it was, uh, shoot, I forget the guy. David Tyree. Tyree, right. Uh, at that during that play, I was like, "Man, that that reminded me a lot okay. of Joe Burrow." So now you're comparing Joe Burrow to Eli Manning. Is that what you just said? I, I saw it in that play. <laughs> I saw it a lot in that play. Just like how did you say it though? It made it, it Eli in his prime. I could. Yeah, see, that's that's what I mean. Eli in his prime. I just I know and I know Burrow is probably going to be a better decision maker. Right. Than that's, Eli would. So I was talking to uh, I was actually talking to Billy about it. Uh, well, we were watching it together, and I was like, man, that reminded me a lot of Joe Burrow right there. Yeah. And he was like, that's not a bad comparison. And I go, it, just the only difference is that uh, Joe Burrow is more accurate. And he goes, yeah, that's true. And I go, now that I think about it, an accurate Eli Manning is Peyton Manning. <laughs> yeah. Well, Peyton, I don't know. Just the only difference is that Joe Burrow has this capability that Peyton Manning doesn't. Right. He does, and he's probably not – I mean, Peyton didn't have a – crazy good arm or anything um so i could kind of see that too right um i don't know maybe that maybe that is a good one and i hate to compare him to Peyton to Peyton yeah, Manning, it's, it's, but that's 
That's another thing. I don't like like a, making a smart quarterback that is gonna that is gonna do his homework. I, I definitely see that out yeah. of out of Burrow. I mean, both of them are like pre snap wizards, right? You know, like that's it. It always disappoints me that Peyton Manning doesn't want to be an NFL coach because I think he would be one of the uh, one of the better coaches in the NFL. He doesn't need to though. Like sure. He, I mean, if he wants to be one, obviously he could in any I just time. Think he would, I just think he would be so good as a I coach. I want him to be. Is he? He's not going to be an announcer, right? We, we, they've decided that he's not going to be like not Monday right Night now, Football. It, or not right now, that. at least. They wanted him to be, and he said no. But I mean, he's got to be the. Top. I still think he could do that in the future. Like Drew Brees, is Drew Brees going to be like the the color guy on NBC now, or is he going to be like in the studio? Doing like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know if I see Drew Brees doing that. Well, he signed with NBC, but I don't know if he, yeah, I don't know if he is going to, and that's, that was the thing he signed for next year. So it's like obvious now that obvious, you know, he's, he's here for a year. Yeah. This is is it. Um, Writing's definitely on the wall. But then like, is he going to do the Chris Collinsworth role or is he going to be in the studio with Tony Dungy, you know, breaking down the highlights of you know, whatever happened, um, or like on the pregame shows or whatever. But Peyton Manning is the guy that you want in the in the booth, like a yeah. Tony Romo. Yeah, like he is gold. And Tony Romo, I love. Listening I to love Tony, Tony Romo too. I mean, I mean, some people have like a lot of mixed feelings on announcers. Like yeah. you get some people that love announcers, and then you get other people that like the polar opposite hate the announcers. Yeah. And I think Tony Romo is one of those guys. Everybody, I, I wait, people. People don't like Tony Romo? Some people don't like Tony Romo, like yes. Dumb people. <laughs> no, I don't know. So I think some people think that um, he tries to analyze the game sometimes when he doesn't need to analyze it. I, yeah. I think that I've heard that one. Yeah. Um, and sometimes, it, like, he has to say something after every play. Yeah. Or, like, try to break down a play before it even happens. But I freaking love that stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you Peyton know, Manning would be good. A lot of role. people. I, I saw something today. Uh, it was a meme, and it said, uh, "I would. Uh, I want. I miss sports so much that I would watch an entire game with these two, without muting my TV." And it was a picture of Vern and Gary Danielson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, I'd kill for some Vern Lundquist right now. <laughs> Live Vern. A lot of people don't <laughs> like Vern. And oh, Gary I Danielson. hate Gary. I hate. No, no. I like Gary Danielson. I hate Vern Lundquist. I love um, them. <laughs> I, some people, I, some people say that Gary Danielson. Uh, I love that we're getting on the announcers now. Gary <laughs> Danielson. Uh, this is how bored we are. How did we get to this? I don't even. Know. Uh, just because we're bored and yeah. we need something to do. Um, Gary Danielson. I like Gary Danielson. Some people think that he's got some kind of like doesn't like LSU or something. Everybody thinks that they're he's out for their team. Now, Every I can person. tell you this. CBS always has that team that they cover like in it's usually Alabama. In 2019, guess who it was? It was LSU. Right. So LSU was on a whole bunch of time. That's why we're seeing reruns on CBS oh, were Sports. We, on? we weren't on CBS that much. I think we had what three, three? Four, four games counting the SEC championship. Oh, SEC championship is right. So at the end of the year, like it was an LSU love affair. That's true. Um, now for two years or three years prior to that, yeah, it was Alabama. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know. Some people just, but CBS is going to roll with who the the good team is. Obviously, yeah, well, obviously they have to. It's a it's a SEC, you yeah. know, they they're they're wanting the best for the SEC obviously. A lot of people also just like 
associate them with like CBS always putting uh, the best games on at two thirty, right? Which sucks. Like day games suck. Um, you can't tailgate and all that. But I actually, I, I really like listening to Gary Danielson and Vern Lundquist mainly just because like one Vern Lundquist has the most golden voice of uh, announcers in my opinion i, I mean love he was him. good 20 years ago he's way he was way past his prime and it was you know it's lee corso is another one lee corso it's time for lee corso to hang him up and he he's about retire, yeah. he's about five to six years late on that and now they're just i don't know what's going on i don't know why it's hard to watch they think day. it's they think it's funny and corny and cute and it's like not i think it's sad i, I do too i'm like he can't he doesn't know the bit anymore like yeah, he, he doesn't well, get it anymore he's always talking about teams and it's like he clearly doesn't know what he's talking about. well they also are talking about some kind of like funny joke and he's still going on the straight man thing and it's yeah. like well he doesn't understand even understand yeah. what y'all are talking about right now right um it's just it's time you know when you see guys that are time to to hang it up and he's one of them for sure. Yeah, I agree. Um Kurt Herbstreet, people people get on Kurt Herb. I see him on Twitter all the time and sometimes they they try to defend themselves on Twitter saying how they're not and I couldn't imagine being a uh like a famous guy like that. Yeah. And it's got to suck for Kurt Herbstreet when his, when Ohio State's good. Oh, no no. Like he says, Ohio State's good, and Ohio State is good, and then everyone's like, "You're an Ohio what State." What about this homer. year? What about this year? Ohio State is obviously really good, and they're in the playoffs. Yeah, his son is it played sons? for Clemson. That's two right. sons played for Clemson and Dabo Sweeney. Yeah, so whatever way he goes, he's a homer. Yeah, and that if he sucks. if he says anything negative about LSU, oh my god, he's getting killed. Oh yeah, no, I mean LSU fans are the most sensitive freaking group of people. Like. <laughs> What? I know, I know, y'all are listening to this, <laughs> yeah. but y'all are y'all are fans. sensitive. We're all LSU fans here. Yeah, we are so sensitive. That's why, dude. That's why Callen, Colin Cowherd always goes after LSU because every I, time his, he does, he triples his ratings because we go nuts. Yeah, and I don't know why. About Joe I, I keep hearing people taking the bait on Colin Cowherd. Stop. Yeah, why are he you doesn't taking the, actually believe these things? Yes, do not. <laughs> Take the bait on Colin Cowherd. Please. He's doing it all for ratings. Yes. Um, yeah, how did we get onto this? We were on the NFL draft, and we've totally... I don't know how we got to this. I um, have no idea. Well, we were going. We are going to switch gears because we had... I've, uh, I'm in this Facebook group, and there's a few of us that are really interested in this, and uh, I know there's other people out there too, but LSU basketball um, has locked up a gigantic recruiting class. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I want, I'm going to call it the, um, the strong ass recruiting class. That's what I've, um, I may make a t-shirt that says that. Um, and I really wanted to talk about this more because I feel like what we've been talking about for the last month, it seems like we've been talking about the depth coming back. Um, who we can, how many, how many guys are we going to have like legit players for next year's team? Yeah. Um, you know, we've had Darius days into the draft. Um, but I think we're all understanding that he's really testing the waters. I think he's back. Yeah. He got it. He got a, an NCAA approved agent. So right. he's able to come back also. And I, I was talking to somebody, uh, about this on Facebook also is that he didn't do this last year. So he's yeah, able to do it this year. Reason. 
he was one of the only guys that didn't. Uh, and we've gotten clarification, obviously, that you can only do this once. Okay. Um, so <laughs> thank God. Yeah, no, we were, we didn't know what the <laughs> hell was going on for a few weeks there, but anyway, uh, days, days didn't do this last year. And this is where I'm coming from is how great of a decision was it for him not to do it last year? Yeah. So, oh, for sure. And they, it brings me back to Trenton Watford, Emmett Williams. Oh, Emmett Williams. Emmett Williams. Would he, does he regret, regret? doing this last year and not just waiting until this year to do it this year. Yeah. Cause now he's got a huge, cause you decision. wasted a year to do this. So now you got a decision to make Ooh. if you're Emmett Williams. And honestly, I still don't think that Emmett Williams gets drafted in the second round. Uh, he's going to be battling to make a team, which is just not the position that you want to put yourself in. Right. Um, so all this to say, you know, Man, you could, could end be. up having just one of these guys leave. Yeah. And if I if I had to pick one, it Man. would be Emmett Williams. Um, I don't see any of the other guys doing this, or they would have already sent their stuff out, right? Or are they just waiting to see? Like what's yeah, uh, I, I think I, we, we I gotta think figure Javon, out when the uh the the deadline is on this, but um, Yeah, we should figure that out. Yeah, we probably should have looked at that before we uh yeah, got into someone, this. But, if, if anyone wants to tell us. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> tell us. We'll be three days later. Um so the LSU recruiting class. Yeah. We got six guys plus two transfers. This is kind of what they're counting here. Mm-hmm. Um, so you ended up getting eight guys coming in. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, it's a full rotation right there. Man, it's. I mean, it makes you wonder. Startable, but it makes you wonder if if there's guys that just see the writing on the wall and they're gonna leave, mm-hmm. or. What happened? I mean, you had, you had, um, what's his name transfer already or go to the transfer portal. Um, my favorite player of all time. What was his name? Oh, uh, old boy, James Bishop. James Bishop. Oh yeah. He's great. Mm -hmm. Fantastic player. Um, gritty. Yeah. I'm very sarcastic when I say that. Um, those guys need to go make room for some new blood. Um, the other thing is you got guys with size, um, Josh LeBlanc is going to come in, and I, I keep hearing I a lot like of stuff. I like him a lot. I mean, he was big time out of at a high school here locally, um, and I heard he's like a defensive stud. Yeah. Uh, now I know he will. He's going to have to sit out until the spring semester, so like January would be when he could. So he's going to miss some games. Um, I think that was part of the rule, like when he left. Mm-hmm. But um, I mean, who knows what's going to happen with COVID? Yeah, Will Wade even but, said like in the very middle of the season. He was like, Joshua Bond's our best defender right now. He, yeah. He, he didn't say that exactly, but he said, our best uh, defensive player has to sit out because he's a transfer. And he was obviously talking about Josh Bond. Yeah. Um, I, I And so I like his size because he's 6'7". Very Looks athletic, like he's athletic, too. right? Um, I mean, I love how he recruits his guards. Other than Jalen Cook. Jalen Cook's six foot. Um, but to me, he's a point, a true point guard. Yeah. Um, I've seen some people saying that he needs to be a shooting guard, but um, I don't know. I just always see him as that. But the other guys, the other guards that you got, um, 6'3", they're like – Cam Thomas apparently is like a stud. I'm I'm ready for Cam Thomas. I mean, I keep hearing some great things um, from Oak Hill in Virginia, so it's like that's a basketball powerhouse. Yeah. Um, and the way Will Wade talks about him is like he, he's going to light it up. Yeah. That um, dude got a nasty it makes, jumper. Well, it makes you realize, like, that's probably a one and dunner. 
I I would guess so. It feels like a Nas Reed situation where you got this guy coming in who's supposed to be really good coming out of high school, and there's probably some kind of deal place where he's like he's he, only there for a year. He could be a two year guy. Um, it just depends. Um, yeah, I see him as a one and doneer for sure. I think that's your one and doneer, and you got uh, Eric Gaines out of Georgia. That was another guy they picked up. He's I like a, him. They say he's a point guard listed here, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't know his game enough to to tell you. I saw someone compared him to. John I saw he Morian. could shoot well, right? He was a good shooter. Mm, I, I, I like it, outside that could, that could be right, but uh, the highlights that I saw wasn't a lot of shooting. It was a lot of uh, driving, like flying to the rim. Like you know, he's like, I think he's like six four. Okay, uh, super athletic guy. Yeah, and then, someone compared him to John Morant. Uh, I mean, obviously he's not the best job Morant, but uh, who did that? Who who? Compared it was like this Ball guy? is Life or something, like one of those okay. YouTube accounts. It ja was like Morant. the next job Morant? Question mark? Question mark? Uh, yeah, let's, let's add another question mark. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> Mwani Wilkinson. Uh, I like I like this guy. Um, I saw some highlights of him too. Big high flyer. Mm-hmm. Is that a um, all Bishop guys, Gorman? Man. Like, and all these guys. I love it when these guys are out of like big time schools. Yeah. Like. Oak Hill. They got two guys out of Oak Hill this year. You got a guy out of Bishop Gorman. These guys recruit. They these high schools recruit these guys. So it's almost like an AAU team where they're just getting like the studs from all over the place. Yeah. Um. I, that's that's the common theme in this. Uh, he's probably making more money at Bishop Gorman than he than he the would in the G League. Common theme in this recruiting class is that every single guy you list is like, oh yeah, that guy's a really good athlete. Yes. You know? Yeah. Every so one. this uh, this is the guy that I think of when I think of Will Wade and um, maybe trying to get a little bit of that press going. Um, he likes these big, tall, athletic guys. Maybe not like, um, not like six eight or anything, but like this guy's six six one ninety five. Uh, can jump That's out of the Wilkinson gym. Is? Yes, yeah. that's the guy that I see um, just wreaking havoc right. um, in a press. Yeah, and having like a bunch of those guys, I, I see like a, a Javante Smart in that yeah. same role, and you got guys that just come in waves. Right. Um, so after that, you got Jalen Cook. Obviously, we've talked a lot about him being from Walker. Um, I think he can be a guy. He has a stud. Yeah, he's just rated low, and I don't know why he's rated he reminds, so low. I, I think it's the height. It's got to be remi- right. Watching his uh, high school tape, it's like, I mean, he's just like Javante Smart. And Javante Smart was a five star. Yeah, but he's just not. The tall. only difference yeah, is that so. Javante Smart's like six three, six four. Well, I remember there was games with Walker in Scotlandville where it yeah. was like a big time game, yeah, and he took over. Jalen Cook took he over like forty or something. Yeah, know? I mean, shooting a lot from the outside. So, yeah. um, interested to see what he's going to do on that team. Um, Bradley uh, is is a weiro, I think is how you pronounce it, but he was um, Bradley. It, it is a weiro. Is Izzy Weiro. Izzy Weiro? I don't know. Izzy Weiro. Um, he's teammates with Cam Thomas uh, at Oak Hill, so it may have been a package deal, but he's 6'8", 230. Um, I like that kind of size. I like it when I can see a, uh, above 6'8", and has and like above 225, and you got some beef on you. Um, I'll never forget when LSU um, – LSU had, uh, back in, like, Trent Johnson uh, days, they had a lot of tall, super, super lean guys. And uh, one of the guys that got brought up on Facebook the other day was uh, Chris Johnson. Do you remember Chris Johnson? 
He was yeah, like six eleven, but he was like yeah. one ninety, uh-huh. right? He's a toothpick. Yes, uh, and it took him a long time to kind of get acclimated, and eventually mm-hmm. his senior year he was decent because he yeah, could go out that, outside um, and shoot and all that kind of was stuff. Was that two thousand nine where he had that pretty sick team? Yes, when we went to the tournament with the NCAA, right? Marcus Thornton. Um, so. I always remember that kind of those years when we had those tall lean guys, we would play a team like Ole Miss. Ole Miss had like three or four of these guys that were like 240, 250, mm-hmm. 6'8", 6'7", mm-hmm. and they would bully us, bully yeah. us. And it was like, why don't we have guys that have some size to get uh-huh. in the paint and just knock some guys around? That's what I need. I just need – and when you get guys like um, – Nas Reed coming in, people like that that have that kind of size. It just makes so much difference for your team. Yeah. Um, just so you don't get completely bullied. But I think I think Will Wade that. gets it. We didn't huh? have that this year. Not really this year, uh, so much. Um and that was a huge problem. Yeah, to me the bigger problem was rim protection. Um Big oh, right, Williams. Exactly. So we got another guy, Josh Gray. Um from Connecticut. He's really from New York, I think Josh is where Gray. he's really from. Um, You're naming guys that I've never heard of. I know. So he uh, he committed, and he's a little lower ranked, but he's 6'11", 205. Oh, he committed yesterday. Yes. Wait, what? Yep. I missed that. I thought cool. I texted you. You were probably playing golf. Um, oh. He's a rim protector. He's going to be your guy coming in. Um, now, is cool. he ready to play right now? I don't really know. But to me, this is about solid, solid depth. Big um, you bring in you're gonna have Sharif O'Neal too, six six nine, two oh five. You know, I don't think he is like a stud by any means. I, I don't we, either. I think that's just gonna his, his, the name alone is just gonna bring people to the stadium, I think. Yeah, but I saw him a little for bit for UCLA. He was more of like a role guy for them too. Um, he was battling with a lot of injuries though. So. Well yeah, and he had he had a heart issue for crying out that loud. Too. So um I think it's I think he's gonna take some time, but more than anything, he's another guy that has some size that can come in, and I think he's got some offensive skill. Um, these are – like, my point is these are eight legit guys that you can bring in um, and turn this into a 15- to 13-man, like, roster um, that's, like, stacked. Um, yeah. If you lose Emmett Williams only, everybody else comes back. Uh, Watford comes back. You got – Day's coming back. Javante Smart's back. Um, you end up losing team. Marlon Taylor, obviously, and you lose Skylar Mays. Right. But um, this is a top 10 team. Yeah. We'll probably be in the preseason top 15 at least with if, if we get all those guys back. Yeah. Uh, just super excited about this now. Um, you know, I, w- I was disappointed that we ended the year the way we ended it with, with COVID and all that, but – didn't didn't quite know how far we'd really go. We weren't playing great, um, so but this makes me super excited. And with all of this coming on this the uh, heels of the scheme, yeah, uh, show on HBO, I just can't help but think that we talked about this, like how much of a positive that was yeah. for us. It's so funny how right after that, all the national people were like. Oh, Will Wade looks so terrible. Blah 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 blah. Boom, gets a commit. Boom, gets another commit. Yeah, these guys <laughs> immediately. These after. guys fucking love this stuff, man. Yeah. Like they want a coach like this. Yeah. 
I would. Um, a, a, with big balls. They want mm-hmm. a coach with big balls that he doesn't care about the well, – I mean, he cares about the rules, but he doesn't – he's not afraid to, like, push the envelope a little bit to get these guys on campus. Um, you got to have guys. You got to have guys like this. Um, I think this is going to put us – and don't be shocked if you start hearing chirps from – John Calipari, because okay. LSU's doing well in recruiting, and I mean, he, he's going to ruffle feathers. But this needs yeah. to happen. This is the only way that you're going to have a successful program. I agree. Is you got to get the guys, and you got to play by the same rules everybody else is doing. So, um, I just thought this was super, super interesting to talk about. Um, let us know. Uh, I'm going to shout out our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter also. Uh, send us any comments or anything like that that you would want us to talk about for basketball. But I think we're probably getting close to wrapping up basketball now. Um, I love talking about basketball, but there's really, you know, after we get the recruiting class in, it's really, it's going to be really dead. Yeah. Uh, until for a while. Yeah. Until things pick back up maybe in the fall, hopefully. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, so we're probably going to switch gears and just get back onto football mostly. Um, and we had something that we were going to talk about with football on our LSU Rewind segment. Um, really good game I wanted to discuss. Um, got a lot of uh, a lot of outside um, a lot of outside issues that were going on during this game that I kind of wanted to talk about too. So LSU Rewind starts right now. On this week's LSU Rewind, it's the 2005 LSU football opener. Number five, LSU travels to number 15, Arizona State. This is a 47-yard try. And it is deflected at the line of scrimmage. This is going to be a touchdown for Mario Stevenson. What a turn of events. They block the field goal, and Stevenson is off to the races. The senior from Memphis, Tennessee, has LSU right back in the ballgame. Shutting this ball back over to us. Offense. Dangerous right here, Sean. Skyler Green. One of the best in the country two years ago when he was healthy. The best. You mentioned Arizona State, one of the worst. Punt teams, they're going to block the punt. McDonald didn't get it off, and Stokes runs it back for a touchdown. They block a field goal for a touchdown, now a punt for a touchdown. And LSU has the lead. The the game comes down to this. To this point, the Tigers have got to get 10 yards. Two receivers right, two receivers left out of the shotgun. There's a snap, and Russell, rolling right, looks to throw. Now he's going to roll back to the near side, and he's going to throw it. Oh, it's going to be caught! Caught! Touchdown! Holy cow! Early through set, I believe it was. My goodness. What a throw by Jamarcus Russell. Obviously, there's been little reason to celebrate anything in the state of Louisiana in the last couple of weeks but tonight the celebration will last long into the night as they toast Les Miles in his first victory as Tiger coach okay so LSU takes on Arizona State in 2005 um Les Miles's first game uh, at LSU um oh man I got so many memories of this um 
Tell me what you were thinking, Jack. Um, well, this was one of the first this is the first game we're doing that I was uh mm. older than the age of <laughs> 1. Yeah. So that's cool. Yeah, so let's um, take it back. Um I was let's see September I was about to turn 7. 2005, I was um 22. Okay. Am I right? Yeah. 22. No, About to be 23. That's all right. Because if I was, you're 20 years older than me exactly. So if I was six, then you would have been 36. No, you're right. Sorry. Yeah. yeah 30, 30, no, no, 20. 36. No, 26. Two, yeah, sorry. 26. <laughs> yeah, 30 years old. I, I thought I was. I can't do math. Sorry. So I was 26. Um, I remember this so well. Obviously, this is the Katrina game. Yep. If um, I mean, I know a lot of people know about this, but just uh, is such an interesting season to take a look back at to begin with. Um, obviously, Katrina messed everything up for this year. Um, and then Rita came two weeks later and messed some things up there. Um, to have this be your first game as a coach for LSU – Replacing Nick Saban. Pretty awesome. Man, it's just... I mean, cool. Like, sucks, but pretty awesome. We bashed Les Miles quite a bit um, for the offense. Kind of quirky, like, goofy guy. But um, I couldn't imagine a better job from a coach, especially this first year, than what Les Miles had to do. Um, All the things that they had to, like, deal with. I mean, there was... They turned they turned the assembly center into a triage, um, and <laughs> they turned the assembly center into a triage during this whole mess. Um, these guys were dealing with people, their own family members being um, right being moved out of New Orleans. I mean, this is this was like a really really tough situation. Um, so the game was originally supposed to be in Baton Rouge. Arizona State decides to uh, to to host it, and it was like a, a, a home game for LSU at Arizona State. Technically. Yes. Right. Um, and here's the bad thing. Arizona State, uh, we had a home-and-home home scheduled. Right. We played them in, what, 2002? No, we never played. We had, we had them again, to, and we were supposed to, like, Get the return favor. Well, right, but we played at Arizona State in like 2002 or something, right? No, no, no. That was Arizona. We had a home. We had a home and home with Arizona. Arizona okay. State. We were supposed to have a home and I think home. I'm thinking with, of Virginia Tech, actually. Yeah. Okay. So we never, we never ended up. So we never played. We I thought we played Arizona State twice for some reason. No, we only State. played Arizona State once. In they were supposed to like. Since we did this, they were going to maybe flip and return the favor. Arizona State's and ends up canceling the um, the home and home on us. What an asshole! So I know, right? Well, we got we got another one scheduled with them in like 2028. Yeah. So. Well, hopefully these guys remember this and give them a beat down. All the players um, on that team will not have been alive. So, so it was a very weird night. Um, the things that I. I mean, you obviously remember, and I played the clips of that, was the, the last play, um, you know, the throw to early set from Jamarcus Russell in the yeah. end zone. Um, was that a catch? 
the uh, the picture that I pulled up didn't look like a catch. The ball comes right out. So he ends up. <laughs> they had replay back then, though. So, I mean, they could have reviewed it. I don't think they did. They did. In 2005, they did. I don't remember that ever getting replayed. And I don't know if they replayed. They, he got they, he had the ball. He had the ball secured. He hits the ground and right when he hits the ground, the ball like just pops up out of the air. He definitely did not if there was any kind of like completing the catch, not a did catch. Not, it did not happen. That's not a catch today. I guarantee <laughs> yeah. that. So uh it was just great to get out of there alive that night. What a um, throw. All right. Jamarcus Russell. I, it's been a while since I've seen any Jamarcus Russell games. Um, so I love doing this segment because I start watching these old games and start remembering stuff that I didn't remember. Mm-hmm. And we talk about like Miles Brennan having this great arm coming in and all that. Yeah. Jamarcus Russell had a fucking cannon yeah. of an arm. Like that's not like unbelievable. That's not like when you say like, like when we say, we say that Miles Brennan has a cannon of an arm. That's not, not like this. That's not real. This is an, actual cannon that's just attached to his body that shoots out footballs and i don't remember like he the way he threw the ball in this game and just like i mean he could just stand up straight and just easily throw the ball just 70 yards in the air just flies out of his hand Um, and i feel like the announcers weren't making a big enough deal about it (laughs) (laughs) i'm like are we going to comment about how this this guy just like I mean, he, he, he was just so good. So, going back to what we were talking about earlier, you had some receivers dropping balls. Uh, early Doucette, must, he, he caught the, the, the game-winning one, but um, he had uh, three big-time drops. Um, and Xavier Carter had a touchdown. He dropped. Um, Craig Davis had two drops. And it was like, man, these guys were dropping a lot of balls. And we were throwing the ball quite a bit. Um, but was it because Jamarcus Russell was throwing the ball too hard? Yeah, like, I mean, they're good receivers. And he wasn't the most accurate quarterback ever, but there was a lot of times he was putting the ball in the money, but he was yeah. just throwing it like 100 miles an hour. Sure. Um, phew, I mean. I don't want to catch that ball. I wouldn't that was the biggest that. eye-opening thing that I saw from that game that I was like, holy cow, I just don't. I remembered it, but it was like, I don't remember. Yeah. When you watch Joe Burrow throw and then you go back and watch – Jamarcus Russell throw. There's a reason why this guy was the number one pick in the yeah. draft. Yeah. Um, I know he, he, you know, busted or whatever, but right. it wasn't because of his arm strength. No, tell you that. not at all. Holy cow. So it brought me back to the uh, remembering his combine and his pro day. Um, not the combine, because I think he – I don't know if he even threw at the combine because he probably knew he was going to be the number one pick. But at the pro day, he threw – and one of the things he did is he it was at the LSU indoor facility. He took a knee at the 50-yard line, and he threw it through the uprights on an, on one knee. Oh, my God. And it made ESPN and all that kind of stuff. And it was like, dude, this is, this guy is just <laughs> another another kind of alien. But um, anyway, this game, um, we were down. Um, down big. Yeah. This is the game I was telling you, and I watched it again. Maybe I was too harsh on Bo Pelini, but uh, I remember this game being like the game. It was Bo Pelini's first game too. And I I just remembered in my head that he was playing a lot of zone that night. Um, and watching it back, I don't think he he was playing that much zone. I just think they were just – the defense was a little confused. Um, Dirk Cutter was the head coach for um, – for Arizona State, he ends up going to the uh, the Falcons later. 
Um, so we had a good coach, good offensive coach. And I felt like they were getting mismatches on tight ends, stuff like that. Um, uh, Sam Keller was the quarterback, and he was kind of lighting us up that night. Um, but we ended up getting behind, and the way we come back is we blocked a field goal, scored, run it back for a touchdown. Punt. And then we block a punt. Oh, okay. And then, yeah, so we block two kicks, run them back for touchdowns to get back in the game. Um, so it was just a strange night. All right, this is how strange of a game it was. The game starts off, Les Miles' his first game. Um, I'm noticing Les Miles. He's got this weird earpiece in his ear, and it's like yeah. – uh, it. <laughs> we talked about it's this. the Britney Spears. The Britney Spears earpiece. <laughs> And instead of having a headset on, he's got this one little earpiece with mm-hmm. this little small thin microphone going to his, his mouth. And looks kind of cool, looks kind of innovative. And yeah. I'm like, okay, well, maybe this is just the way we're going to roll. Like he's got his big tall hat on like he always has, but he's got this little earpiece. Um, and, yeah, so the next time we play is uh, against Tennessee two weeks later, and Les Miles has got his – the regular headphones on. Sure. Um, so it was a mistake. Yes. So at the end of the game, we're, we're tight and it's fourth down. You got to figure out what we're going to do. Um, mm-hmm. You see Les Miles on the sideline holding that ear. And he's got, his, he's got his other hand on the microphone. He's trying to block out all the wind and the noise. And he's mm-hmm. like, he's probably like right up on the microphone. Like this. And like, what a, what a dumb decision this was. <laughs> like, thinking back on it, it's it like, not, you guys didn't test fault. this? Yeah, no. And, like, what, was it just somebody who just thought this would be cool looking? It was definitely not functional. Everybody else on the sidelines got regular headphones on. Yeah. Why does the head coach have this headphone on? It doesn't make any sense. It, <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny looking. So too. then, all right, so then we have the first the first uh, series of the game, and uh, we get we have the ball deep down in our um, behind, it's like three yard line or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it was, maybe it's ten. I'm not sure. But um, we go back to punt, and Chris Jackson's our punter. Um, on the nine, had it on the nine. We had it on the nine. Okay, and uh, so nobody covers Ronnie Prude uh, all the way out to the right, um, and they were doing it on purpose. They were going to have another guy come out. Uh, Arizona State was going to have another guy come out and flash and like try to bait them into making the throw, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, well, they did it. Like Chris Jackson makes the throw, completes it to Ronnie Prude uh, for the first down, and um, everybody to this day is like, "Wow, what kind of guts Les Miles had to do this <laughs> um, first game ever deep down in his own territory." They cut to Les Miles on the on the sidelines, and he is pissed. He's yelling <laughs> at his probably his special teams coach, saying, "You can't do that! Don't do that!" Um, and he's got his little headset on. And I'm telling you, looking back on this game now, it's like you think about all the all the issues we had under Les Miles. You know, we we won a championship for crying out loud. We got to the SEC championship game a couple times, and it's like. Um, there's so much good that you can get out of this, get get out of less miles, but there was so much like disorganization. Yeah. Um, you had a solid, solid program, but you also had disorganization in game. And this was like that in a nutshell. You had a punter making a, a fake punt, 
making a throw out of the end zone uh, on the first series yeah. ever. You got a head coach with a headset on that came and hear out of the thing. Um, it was just wild. Like yeah. that's the only way I can describe it. It was just like chaotic. Um, we get out of that game with a win, but I was telling you before we started this, the, um, one of the craziest things that I remember from this year, we ended up getting to the uh, SEC championship game and playing uh, Georgia. Oh, yeah. And um, the, the, the biggest thing that I remember from this game is that we had to move, um, move one of our early season games to our open date. And I think it was Appalachian State. We ended up moving to the open date, if I remember right. But um, it meant we ended up playing, like, the entire year without an open date. And um, the first the first thing was there was a Monday night game against Tennessee. We moved that for Rita, Hurricane Rita. I was at that game, and it was just very emotional game because you're back in Tiger Stadium after Katrina and Rita. Um, and we get up – we get up by – we're 21 nothing. we're up on Tennessee. And – you could just feel like there was just a big like sense of exhaustion out of the players, and it was very emotional. Tennessee ends up coming back and beating us in overtime, um, and then we don't we don't lose again for the rest of the year. Yep. We get all the way to the SEC championship game, uh, play Georgia, um, but then you get to that game, and it was also another one where like we had played every week that entire time, um, and you could just feel like another sense of exhaustion at the end of that end of the season. Yeah. And uh, I think you were looking at it like I think Jamarcus got hurt, right? Right. Matt Flynn, Flynn played. came in, went three of 11 with a touchdown, 30 yards. Right. And then Flynn pick. comes in and plays the uh, the bowl game against Miami, and we, <laughs> we completely lost. route Miami. Yeah. yeah. Um, that was awesome. This, this year was a very interesting year to look at because we obviously had so much talent. Um, but we had so many extenuating circumstances. Um, I just – I still remember, uh, like, the the Auburn game in the middle of the year. That was, like, the game where uh, Auburn missed all these field goals. Uh, we ended up winning that game somehow. Overtime game, right? Uh, was it an overtime game? I think so. Yeah, it uh, was an overtime like game. 20 to 17. That was one where you didn't feel like you were better than Auburn. Uh, you end up – you end up um, – winning the game, but you didn't feel like you were better than Auburn. We beat Alabama in overtime. Um, oh, yeah, that was on the road. Yeah, and that was a Jamarcus Russell yeah. last second pass to win the game. Um, so there was a couple of games like that where you just didn't feel like – you felt like you were lucky to get out of there. Um, but Arizona State was another one where I felt like we were just – let's just get out of there with a W and yeah. move on. Um, but that play is always going to be remembered, like the yeah. Jamarcus Russell – past the early set was just oh, a classic so cool. yeah. even though he didn't make the catch such a ballsy throw too <laughs> fourth and ten game on the line like it was another one where just he just like he just he just throws it like so effortlessly yeah. and on it's the like, money 40 yard pass <laughs> are you kidding me on, guy, moving against his body too you know i had heard so stories ridiculous. um i think i was working at a bank back then and i used to get a lot of guys come in and, and tell us some insider stuff and all that and I remember there was one guy that came in and was talking to me, a former quarterback at LSU, and he was telling me that um, he and I was ta- I was just raving about Jamarcus Russell probably back then, and he was saying, yeah, but if you gave the keys to the car to Matt Flynn, you're gonna win the national championship. In 2005. That was in 2005. Um, 
I've heard people say that before that they thought Flynn was better at the time. And that, you know, Flynn obviously didn't have the arm strength or even, you know, just raw talent that Jamarcus Russell did, but I think it was more about decision making and accuracy. Did he have the Moxie? He had the Moxie. <laughs> oh boy, he had the Moxie. Uh and he had the confidence too, is what you wanted. Um I mean Jamarcus was Jamarcus. I think He's always going to be beloved here just because he was just such a talented guy. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you just wish he, he would have had his head on straight in the pros because he was a pro quarterback, man, no doubt. Oh, yeah. um, anyway, I thought it was a great game to take a look at. Um, again, if you guys have any thoughts on future LSU Rewind segments, send them over to us on our Facebook page or Instagram or Twitter at one team one pod. We'd love to talk to uh, you guys about some games and maybe uh, chop it up about some more football games in the future. And I think we're we're at 2005 now, so I feel like we've gone from uh, we had we didn't really explore any like Arn Sparger or um, uh, or anything like that in the 80s yet. Yeah. Um, but we did do uh, Jerry DiNardo. Yeah. Um, we moved on to Nick Saban. Did now, a little 87, didn't we? We didn't do an 87, did we? No, we didn't. I watched a bunch of 87 games. Did yeah, we I think we were talking them? about doing one, but we didn't do Can't one. So we, we okay. moved on from Nick Saban, and now we're on to Les Miles. But we can kind of uh, – we can go back in time whenever. But um, I thought this was a good one to, to look at. I, I saw it on TV not too long ago, too, and um, got me thinking about it. But, um, again, shoot us over some uh, comments on it. Uh, anything else you got going on, Jack? Well, um, I know you wanted to talk about uh, JT Daniels a little bit, didn't you? Yeah, if, if you want to talk about it, let's do that. Um, um, so USC quarterback JT Daniels, um, was he just interested in, in uh, the no, – he, he's, he's in the he's, transfer he's portal? He's in the transfer portal. He's so, in the portal, guys. Uh, huge. Cue the portal uh, so, sounder. I, I've seen so many LSU fans that say, like, I don't want a transfer quarterback. Uh we already got Miles Brennan, blah, 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 blah. So he would be immediately eligible. Uh, theoretically, if the NCAA allows a one-time free transfer rule because of COVID-19. So here's my opinion. If he was immediately eligible, um, I, don't, I don't think he should come here. If he, um, if he had to sit out a year, I think it's perfect. Yeah. Um, Although I think if he has to sit out a year, he might stay at USC and try to beat out Keaton Slovis, which I don't think he'll beat Keaton Slovis. Yeah, out. but USC is going to be changing coaches. There's no doubt. Yeah, I think that's probably what his issue is that you don't know who the head coach is. I, be. I just I wouldn't stick around with a guy like Keaton Slovis there. He's so good. Yeah, now they always got new guys coming. Well, USC had a terrible recruiting class last year, yeah, so maybe they don't really have another bad. guy. Um, yeah, he's probably seeing the writing on the wall is what yeah. he's seeing because that that's a so he sat out all last year because he was injured and uh, he was supposed to be like he he started his freshman year didn't have great numbers but he flashed a lot of potential and like everyone could see like okay he's got like a super crazy quick release he he reads defenses really well for a true freshman yeah uh, all that and he only threw like ten to fourteen touchdowns or something like that but um. So, first game of 2019, he gets injured against Fresno State in the opener. Keaton Slovis comes in 
and the rest is history. He With, threw 35 touchdowns. JT Daniels was the kid that coming out of high school reclassified, if I remember right. Yep. And he ended up being day. a freshman when he was like 17, mm-hmm. if I remember right, too. Um, so, to me, sitting out would probably be his better option anyway, just to learn a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um but like LSU, I don't think he would come in if he was immediately eligible. I don't think he's coming in and beating anybody out. No, um, I I think it would be a smart decision for him though, because I don't think to he come needs... here even though he's immediately eligible. Yes, okay. uh, I mean, is he looking to go ahead and go play somewhere right now? I thought he was okay. I mean, he's a good quarterback. He's no, just he's, young. He's good. He's good. Right. Um, I just think that like. He's still 20 years old or 19 years old, maybe. Uh, I don't even know if he's that old. He might not even be that old. Uh, I just think that coming to LSU where, like, you're going to play in a really good offense with really good receivers mm-hmm. is a really good situation to be in rather than going to oh, whatever no, his other no options are. Like I just, you Tennessee. Know. Get get out of here with Tennessee. Well, would don't he go start play Tennessee? for Jeremy Pruitt. Would he start? I think he would if start Tennessee, Tennessee went after him, they would probably be looking for a starter, right? I think he would start immediately for Tennessee, yes. Another school that people are talking about is Florida State, which makes sense to me. Yeah. Uh, I think he's better than Justin Blackman for sure. Yes, he would start at Florida State. Um, and Florida State does have talent. They have terrible O-line. Do they still have their uh, offensive coordinator? They've They've overhauled everybody, right? I think, yeah, they've gone complete. New coaching staff. Oh man, Florida State's a yeah. Mess. No, their coaching, their uh, offensive coordinator was. Um, they got Norvell, now. the Baylor guy who was. Yeah, Baylor. but they got Norvell at Florida State, so they're going to be running that Memphis style. That's yeah. a good fit. Um, I think so. There was some talk on uh, Facebook about um, Deion Sanders wanting to coach at Florida State. What and. Um, there was some kind of rumor saying if um, if Norvell gets in some trouble, Deion Sanders coming in and taking over and being the head coach at Florida State. Head coach? That's what I said. I was like, there's no freaking way he's going to be a he's head never, coach. He's never coached. He's never coached. I think he's coached like some like, – Like he's done his like some prime, high school. His prime high school thing or whatever he was doing. Get out of here. Um, <laughs> now, like my response was – Wait, cornerback coach or secondary coach? Uh-huh. Yeah, and, sure. like, recruiting coordinator? Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Give me Deion Sanders as my recruiting oh, coordinator my God. every like, day. Yeah. Start there. Work your way up. Yeah. Like, you're not a head coach yet. You can't no. just come in and say it. Come on, man. That's it, such a – It started a, making me think, okay, we were talking about Peyton Manning earlier. Peyton Manning came in and said, hey, I want to be the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> uh, yeah, not the Cowboys. But, I mean, if he went Everybody. to – Hey, the the Colts. He played at the Colts. Hey, I want to be the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. <laughs> Would you take Peyton Manning as your head coach? No. I mean, if I had a situation though, if I'm if if he's at a college, you know, <laughs> if he went to Tennessee, if he went to Tennessee and said, right. "I want to be the yeah, head yeah. coach," I would take him over. You Jeremy, would take okay. over Jeremy Pruitt. You would take Peyton Manning okay. over Jeremy Pruitt. No, I look. I would probably do the same thing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's very interesting. So. Kevin Falk is our guy here, obviously, and, like, running backs coach. He even had to sit a year to even get that job. Like, you know, he yeah. never really co- – he coached in high school a little bit, and he's mm-hmm. Kevin Falk, obviously. He's got years of experience and knowledge. But, like, to be a, a coach, I feel like you have to always wait your turn a little bit. 
and like yeah. learn a little bit. So for a guy, unless, <laughs> unless although, you're Peyton Manning, apparently, unless you're like one of the people that's like known as like one of the goats, you know, which I guess Deion Sanders is one of the goats. If Joe Burrow said, I'm not going to go play in the pros. And he was that's like, so I want to be your offensive He's coordinator. He's 23 years old. No, 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 no. He, he, so he says, hey, look, I don't really care about playing anymore. I just want to be the offensive coordinator for LSU. No, obviously And I no. want you to get rid of Ensminger, and I want to be the guy. Would you do it? No. You wouldn't take Joe Burrow? No, okay. I wouldn't. This is going to be a poll question, I think. Twitter's going to – He can be my passing game coordinator if he wants to be. He's going to be the passing game coordinator? Co-passing game coordinator. With Co-passing game coordinator? Oh, my God. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll let him do that. Sure. Okay. These are the kind of can, these are the kind of conversations that I like to have, guys. Yeah, no, I like to stir the pot. Yeah, but the the difference is though that Peyton Manning is forty something years old. Deion Sanders is forty something. Yeah, years so old. he's got all that experience underneath him. Where right. I mean, yeah. he's played he played in the NFL for twenty years, right? Or whatever he played for. So Peyton Manning, next coach for Tennessee. Yep, looks uh, for that to happen <laughs> within the coming week. All right. Well. Um, I think we'll wrap it up today. Um, this has been a fun one. I like this one. I like really going all over the place with some topics because that's what ends up happening anyway. But um, NFL draft coming up. Super excited. Live sports. Live sports. Basically. Not really Can sports, we bet on this? Can we bet on uh I'm sure you – oh, yeah. You can bet on this. I'll figure it out. Yeah. We'll get something going here. We can bet on something if, yeah. if, if nothing else. Um, hit us up again. Facebook. Uh, Instagram or Twitter. Twitter's our our, our main source of uh, interaction. One team, one pod. Jack will probably just get into it with you. Yeah, um, I will. So get into it with him. Know. So we'll have another segment next week for uh, Twitter Twitter beef with Jack. Um, until next time, guys. This is one team, one podcast. Signing out.